You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian women who are ready to write their first book, and then more, so they can guide their readers into spiritual freedom while guiding their own families into financial freedom. I'm Mika Maples, and this is episode 105, Take a Step. I met Elisa Keaton in October of 2019 at a writing conference where we were both asked to speak. The moment she took the stage, I knew something was different. Her delivery was drenched in the Holy Spirit, and even though it was a message about fitness, something I'm not usually that invested in, I had to lean forward and give her my full attention. She has a God-given perspective on the human body that is truly different from anything I'd ever heard before. So many times, a twisted view of our bodies and of our skills holds us back from living in freedom, love, and security in Christ. But can you imagine if you looked in the mirror and were able to think kind thoughts about yourself? gentle and patient thoughts about you being a spiritual being who lives in a body? How would your entire life change? And by the same token, what if you looked at your writing? And what if your thoughts about yourself and your skills were simply filled with grace and mercy and goodness and faithfulness? And you viewed yourself as a person who simply shares kingdom messages through words. With all the pressure gone, how much would your life change? As both a wellness coach and a writer, Elisa shares the impact of our thoughts on our bodies and on our writing. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Lisa, welcome. Welcome, welcome. I'm so proud of you. And um, mm-hmm. I am just so blessed by your ministry and everything you pour into people who are re- eager to learn about health yeah. and wellness. Yeah. So can you just tell anyone who isn't familiar with you a little bit about your divine calling and assignment for the kingdom? Well, first of all, can I just say you saying you're proud of me just strikes a chord in my heart. I you all, if you're a listener to this, you have found your teacher, your teacher when it comes to writing, because you're my teacher, Nika. And you, I don't even know what, I just love the moment. Can I just say the moment that I, my eyes set on Nika Maples as you were approaching the stage at Declare Conference. I think I had already spoken and then you went up and honestly, the minute you went up, I didn't even know what you did. I didn't know what you read. I knew nothing. But when she stepped up on that stage, there is something inside of my spirit that said, listen to her. And I like, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. This is my, listen to her. And I listened and I said, I, who she, she, and then the first thing you did is you taught about, all right, let's talk about writing. Here's how we do dialogue sentence break. Like you were trying to like teach us a real quick on how to do dialogue. Next, next sentence, next sentence. I was like, and then you got right to a, a bigger teaching of, for our hearts. But I was like, okay, she, she's like, who I am to fitness, you are to writing. 
That's what I would say. Cause it's not about the writing, right? It's not about the fitness. You have a call on the kingdom to get messages out into the world. I have a call on the kingdom to get bodies mobilized into the world. And so anyways, that's, I just want to, that was a long setup. What was the question? Oh, <laughs> Tell us a little about um, your ministry. Okay. The ministry. Uh, yeah. Revelation wellness uh, started in 2011, but really it started in 1971 when I was formed in my mother's womb and was born into a home of dysfunction as most of us are born into. Um, nobody gets through this life unscathed <laughs> and about 14 years old, I took my first fitness class it was 1985 and I loved it. Like something happened inside of me because I was 14. I was dealing with all the young girl questions, your sexuality, your, am I enough? Am I attractive? And my parents were having complete, I didn't see love. I didn't know what love meant. I was going to figure it out for myself. So I had a lot of angst inside of me and I took that class and was, I didn't even know what it was. Like in 1984, we didn't know what it was other than you would literally drive down the street. And I could remember seeing people gathering in the um, foyers of business plazas or any complex of a building and like dancing around. It was so weird. I mean, you got to have to go back. Everyone. I know you've all seen this so much now. It seems like it's been here forever. It hasn't. 1985 was like a bunch of people doing synchronized movement together that wasn't necessarily dance. It was like calisthenics all together. And I remember being a little girl kind of seeing this pop in the early 80s. But then by 1985, when I took my first class, it hit me and something inside of me um, broke. Like I laid in a cool down position and tears started coming from my eyes. I didn't know what it was, but a warmth was over me. And I knew I had a sense in me and knowing in me that whatever that woman just did, whatever she just led us through, I'm going to learn how to do that. So wow. I, I really, and, and I did, I started going back to that class. I started just really immersing myself into the culture and fitness world of the early eighties. And so fast forward, I did all the wrong things with fitness. I made the fitness, my idol. I made my body, my idol. I went into fitness competing. I did all the things I um, started, you know, pursuing the passion of helping other people because, Hey, if I like it and I'm pretty good at it, maybe I can help others. But I eventually found it just led to two patterns obsessing or neglecting. I saw more people come obsessive about it was never enough. Um, they just never seemed satisfied and like joy in their heart to just enjoy their bodies. Or I saw them neglecting it to be like, I've tried, I fail. I tried, I failed. I'm no good. Okay. I'll try again. I failed. And just really never really getting the momentum. And I don't like taking people's money <laughs> without giving them really delivering on something. And so I, I wanted more. And so then that's when my own personal life started to come apart at the seams. My marriage was falling apart, early marriage, everything looked good on the outside for me, but on the inside, I was lonely. I was fearful. I was, didn't feel like I was enough. Jesus comes crashing into my life, messes everything up with my love for fitness, shows me a bigger story of what it's about. And really now I just left, I'm in a, a training right now for five days. It's a mind, body medicine training. Now we know like there's so much science and neuroscience behind the connectivity of who we are. Our thoughts affect our body. Our body can affect our thoughts. We are an integrated person. And when Jesus says to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, he's not setting a bar and be like, okay, now go work that out for the rest of your life. He's actually saying, this is how you operate. You do, when you love with your thoughts, you're going to love with your heart and your mind's going to think that your soul's going to be affected, your body's going to affect it. So 
think about when you have a thought, how is this coming to God with also my soul and my body ability and all of who I am? So give him all of who you are. But if your body feels fractured from him, then we've got to do a little bit of work because you can't just give, as Elizabeth Elliot says, I love her quote, says, you can't give God your heart and keep your body to yourself. Mm. So that's why Revelation Wellness exists in 2011. It's like, all right, I want to do this differently. And we raise up other instructors to go out into communities, really to heal, heal, to heal the fracturing of who we are because trauma fractures us, life adversity fractures us, stress fractures us. And worry is the worship of the wrong God. So we need to come back to God with all who we are, all our brokenness. If it's body is broken, come to God. If your mind feels broken, come to God. If you can, so bring it back to him and we help people get back in their bodies. So a lot of breathing techniques and movement, and uh, it just doesn't matter. I always say, if you can tap your toes and clap your hands or breathe to the rhythm, you are worshiping God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I love that um, the core, that that's the core message of everything you teach, whether you're doing, you know, something fun on social media or you're delivering a more serious teaching and yeah. in your podcast, the core message is the power that God has given us in our minds. Yes. Mouths. And I, I just see yeah. that because Satan has twisted that and mm-hmm. new age thinking and people talk about the universe manifesting yep. what you think is what you, and because Christians want to stay away from that, <laughs> that a lot of times they surrender their own authority. Come on. Satan doesn't do anything new. Right. He only counterfeits the truth that God has already established. God created us in our own, in his image Yes, that he created with his mouth. Yes. And we speak, you know, we, we do create, a shift in the atmosphere yes. and in our own selves. Yes. We speak, but so many Christians are so afraid of the, the twisting of it. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I just, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but I love how you bring us back to wait. No, this is biblical. Yes. This is in alignment with yeah. the father's heart. Yeah. He wants his children to be able to speak the way he speaks and yes, change and healing. Yes in our bodies. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there is research that there can show you that what we say and what we think absolutely affects our immune system, our nervous system. It's all connected. You can't fracture yourself from God. Well, you can, but you'll live a fractured life. But when we think the things of God, say the words, write them down, whatever it is we're called to do, it doesn't matter. We're, we're so busy judging the effects of what, well, well what is someone else going to think? And what about this? We're so noisy that we do nothing and just go, I'll just stay here and read my Bible. And that's great. Great. Read your Bible what you doing? <laughs> what are we doing with it? What is it producing in us? What's the, what's the good work as the workmanship you are that you've been created to do and walk in those works? What is it? And it means we have to, that's what my body gives me the ability to do it. My body gives me an ability to make manifest. Jesus talks the word, Jesus even uses the word manifest to make heaven seen. That, so I just get excited. I guess I kind of come at the church from a bottom-up approach, like get in your feet, get in your butt, come on. And we'll work up to your mind because everyone's mind is so filled with fears and concerns. Mm-hmm. So when a woman looks in the mirror and says that she, if she just speaks things over herself, if, mm-hmm. if she doesn't 
think through what she's saying. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I just don't, I look so old mm-hmm. or I'm getting so fat. Those mm-hmm. kind of things almost come out with, unbi- if we don't provide a Holy Spirit filter, just allow him to be the filter. That's right. What does, it, what does it do to a woman's body when she's thinking those things and speaking those things? Yeah, it absolutely makes you feel like a fraud because you, you know, God, and you, you, you study that, but then when you're saying these things and it, you know, that there's a disconnect, then we just kind of throw more Bible verse at it or, or like tidy it up. But meanwhile, we really, if we can't feel safe in our own body and have agency and authority and beauty in our own body, what does that say about the beautiful God that calls us to be his? And I just want to say that as we're talking about the body for a second, Nika, I think the big thing we have to deconstruct in the world of the use of people deconstructing a lot of things that it, we've gotten all funky about what the body is like the, the body who said that this is the perfect weight for you. This is who says that it goes back to the lie at the beginning when, when um, God comes to Adam and, and even they've sinned, who told you that you were naked and ashamed or for, and who told you that uh, we have to, constantly go, we don't, we don't prescribe to the world ideals and systems of what our body should be. Your body is about your ability. Body is about ability and not vanity. Jesus didn't come to show us a beautiful body. He came to show us the kingdom. And how did he do that? When he would kneel down and write with his finger in the dirt to tell the woman, whatever it is he told her and people dropped their stones and went away. He wasn't just some voice from heaven. He put on a body we have to get rid of what the world is telling us our bodies for. Now, does that mean you get to do whatever you want with your body? No, because we know when we are, um, if we're eating too much sugar and our body, our bones hurt and our body feels inflamed, we might feel like bad sleep. If I eat things that aren't great for me, I won't sleep well. And it kind of adds up over time. And then I don't show up well the next day. And these are things that they're just little clues of, oh, I'm really kind of fractured from myself. Let me get back to God. What is it? What am I fearing? What am I really wanting? Why am I making it about my, the size of my jeans? It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the peace of heaven that you can contain and hold and the authority say, I'm making these choices because this is a prophetic act of my future being good, better, and best. It doesn't have to, I'm not stuck where I am today. So I, I get excited because there's so much potential if we look at how we just have fractured ourselves because we're so paying attention to what we see and then right. rather the unseen. Right. And you mentioned the, uh, the declare conference where we first met and, um, that was what completely just, um, stopped me. It just, I almost lost my breath in the moment when you started speaking, I had never before heard someone inviting me to participate mm. as a disabled person. <laughs> Not everyone who's listening um, knows that I have a disability and survived a stroke. I still walk with a cane and have some limitations. But when, you know, you got up there to, to speak and deliver your message, um, I immediately, my thoughts were like, well, this is not for me. And I, I immediately heard this is for me. Yeah. 
So yes. even though you were speaking about physical fitness, when I would normally check out, yeah. I felt the spiritual need to check back in. Come on. To hear your invitation. And the yeah. one line you said, I remember you stepping forward and you said, every time we take a step, it's a prophetic act. Yes. We're stepping into our promises. We're stepping into our future. And so when you took that physical step, I said, I thought I realized I'm not taking prophetic steps physically. Mm, Yeah. Thing that I put on a shelf, like this isn't going to change. This is just the way it is. And I don't need plenty associated with taking prophetic acts in other areas of my life. But I was like, well, but not this dusty old area. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excused from that. I'm excused. (laughs) God, Jesus knows. Right, right. Mm. So when you said take a step, I I heard the invitation in my heart. Oof. Come p- participate yeah. in physical things, and um, I love that. That's an invitation to everyone. That's an invitation for even this this writing community. Listen, everyone, you are listening to a girl who is a hesitant writer. Like I, I love it and I hate it. It is not my natural, like, oh, let me sit down and just write and write and write and write. No, I I have to like really work at it to think. I'm more of a communicator, a verbal speaker than a, let me sit down and write this really amazing story. But I know I've been called to write. So every time I sit my butt down and strike the keyboard for five, 15 minutes, whatever it is I work on or an hour, whatever I'm doing to work on the thing that I know God's called me to do. That is a prophetic act to the destiny, the future that I'm moving towards. It's not here today, but you know this too, Vanika. Weirdly enough, people, writers tend to think that the celebration or the big yay is in the finished product. It's not. It's actually in the process. And that mm. is true. And neuroscience will say that too, that our bot, our chemical reaction that we happens in our brain that we get while we're doing the hard thing. Cause yes, it's hard for the first five or 10 minutes, right? Like writing, when I sit down the first five or 10 minutes, like, oh, I got nothing, I got nothing. And then, and then it just starts coming. And then you're in the flow, whether, you know, whatever it is, that's the payoff. The flow of that moment is the payoff, not the, oh, and now I've got this great, amazing book. Because literally when the book comes out, there's a little bit of this, well, that's it. Right. <laughs> That's it. Yep. That's it. That's it. It was, this isn't, wasn't the Lord wasn't interested in the pretty little book. He was interested in your butt sitting down mm-hmm. and doing the thing, just like the person to go, the Lord is interested in you drinking more water today, because every time you drink a little more water than you do the diet Coke or whatever, you're like, I am a healthy woman. I'm a woman yes. of sound mind. I'm a woman of sober. I think feel and choose with what is right in heaven. So I get that to me and like, that's the beauty. And that's where the enemy tries to say that. Oh, it's not big enough. That's not, that does not, right. that doesn't show anything. That's not something to be proud of when the kingdom would say, oh, I love it when you sit down and give me five um, minutes of your time. Right. In the same way that I felt like you were inviting me to participate as somebody who didn't feel like I'm, you know, qualified to, to be involved with fitness. I think a lot of the people who are just beginning writing think that they're, they're not qualified to be a writer Mm -hmm. as if there are special people who get to write books. And, um, I see that all the time that even though God has said, 
I want you to write this book. Somehow it's not enough. They yeah. think, oh, but I'm not special enough. I'm like, well, yeah. if God called it to called you a writer, then you write. And so what, what do you do? Because I'm I'm guessing that the first time you sat down to write, you had yeah. the same feelings of inadequacy. Like uh-huh. I was inviting you to participate in an area that you didn't feel qualified. Uh-huh. And what do you do when doubt comes up? Oh my gosh. Well, I think everyone, you've got to have a little bit of a holy rebellion in you. Like I'm doing it. You just got to get to that point of like, dang it. I'm, we have a saying in Revelation Wellness that eventually your comfort becomes your misery. When you just stay in that comfortable place, eventually it's just misery. It's not really doing anything. We, we weren't made for comfort. God didn't say in the beginning, be fruitful, hang out and don't worry about work in the garden. Just, just relax in a hammock. No, like you're (laughs) going to be fruitful and multiply, subdue and take dominion. You know what subdue and dominion? Those are war terms. Look them up in the Hebrew means to tread down, scrape out, take out the trash. These are, these are things where you have to have that. Okay. I'm showing up for it. Darn it. I'm going to take out the trash today. So there does have to be that because if you worry about Nika, oh my gosh, when the Lord called me to write my first book, it was like when Moses was asked to speak, I was like, um, excuse me, Lord, you do know that I'm the girl who cheated through high school English, right? You do know that I read, I never really read the books. I read the cliff notes, right? You do. I'm, I don't fit that mold. This is not my deal. Fitness. Sure. Let's go do that. Let's use the body. And I cr- tried to give him all those reasons and why, why I couldn't, but the, the, the burn just stayed inside of me for the message. And honestly, and you taught me this Nika, um, that whenever you start to get worried about like all the things and all the, what if, and I don't, and who's going to say, and I don't know what to say, blah, blah, blah. Shush your mind down for a second and think of the person you're trying to help who's the person, like, who's that one person that needs to hear your message? And maybe it's just, you need to hear your message again, your younger version of you. Like you felt, if I had known this, how it would change my life, then that kind of, I'm I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to, I'm going to start to write. And my first book, no joke, the first manuscript of the wellness revelation, (laughs) I think I was so like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. And I don't care. And it was 85 pages of a run-on sentence. I'm paused. It was like apostrophes, colons. I don't know where anything goes, but I just threw it all out there. And then I just, I knew, I'm like, you know, what? I, I don't, I want to help people. And so I gathered some people together to go through a first little group with me in my church, literally a little group of 10 people. <laughs> and they, the content, they had the heart. And here's the thing. God already has your listener. God already has your reader chosen. They're already chosen. So those people, those 10 were for me. They totally got tons of benefit out of it. I had one woman come up to me and say, this content is back then. I mean, Beth Moore was a really kind of big deal in that day in the early 2000s. Like this is Beth Moore worthy. Like you have a call in your life with this. And then she goes, but could I edit this? (laughs) 
<laughs> she was an English teacher. And I'm like, yes, you can edit it. You do whatever you want with it. And she's like, so it was the value of, of me, of my heart, not of my grammar, not of my syntax and frag sentence structure. She saw it and she's like, I'm going to help. And so God will bring the helpers for you too. Yes. That's the other thing. You're yes. not on your own. And Nika's the helper. We, you will get prop. There is help coming, but help can't come until we help ourselves, right? We know like you got to sit down and take the next step. And that then takes, reveals the next step and the next step and the next step. That's right. Yeah. So many women that I meet um, are so hyper-focused on the publication. They're like, but how yes. am I going to get published? How am I going to get published? And I'm like, have you polished your idea? Like, yeah. have you just given space to your idea? Have you just started seeing what it could become? Yeah. Well, no, I've got to figure out how to get it published. And I'm like, you're looking, mm -hmm. you're looking across a canyon. Mm -mm. stop, come back. I loved when you said helpers are coming. I'm going to keep repeating that to the people helpers I work with because I, that's what I've always believed. I'm like, well, I mean, editors help you with it. Yep. They help me with it. And yep. nothing I've ever written just went out there by itself. There was right. like filters, there's, there's editors, there's proofreaders. You can hire them yourself or you yeah. can let them come through the publishing company, but helpers are coming. Um, when you just said, take a step, I just I kept thinking this morning about how God said, I will give you everywhere that you set your foot. Yes. is and yours. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people, when they're starting out into un unknown territory, mm -hmm. they are just like, okay, give it to me first. Mm -hmm. And the Lord's like, no, no, no. The divine order is you take a step and then I give it to you. That's true. And so I just want, well, how can you speak courage to people who feel unsure about yeah. their writing to yeah. take a first step of some kind? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I want to say, acknowledge the friction, acknowledge the, that this does this is, takes courage. You're afraid. You're afraid of what will happen. You're so far leaning into, will a publisher show up and will this, will that again, that's all noise, get quiet it down think of the who and the why you're writing this, that, that is really comes back to, this is why it matters. And then the taking the first step is to recognize it is going to feel afraid. We actually, the brain neuroscience calls that actually this, this neuroscience uh, guy, professor from PA, Harvard calls it limbic friction. So our brains are designed, we are designed by God uh, to serve, to live, to have life and to thrive. Living life is surviving. You can survive life. God wants you to live. He wants you to survive, but he wants you to thrive. There's a part of your brain called your limbic brain. It is your emotional brain. It's the part of you that developed first in your mother's womb. Your reasoning and cognitive brain did not fully come online, fully have neural pathways functioning from top bottom brain until you're 25 years old. So a lot of our stuff is just this youth, young, limbic, emotional brain, which by the way, that's great. It's kept you alive. It's kept you safe. That's why we tell children, look for the safe people, stay safe. We want you to live, but eventually we got to thrive. We got to get up to the fullness of living a, a cognitive life a thinking life and a feeling life and a, all the fullness of life. But that limbic brain is happening where you feel that friction. That's your fight, fight, freeze. That's all your emotional stuff coming online. You have to be able to feel that and just notice 
this is just my body and brain trying to protect me. God's saying, come up higher. I think of when the Israelites crossed into the promised land, they had to put their foot in the moving Jordan waters. When the banks were full, the time of year that they would be putting their foot, the priest carrying the ark, this very heavy object, which try carrying something heavy and put, put yourself in a moving body of waters. One to just put yourself in, but they have to step into rushing waters then the water would dry up. This is a mature act of limbic friction, noticing, oh, this is happening. I don't want to do it. I'm doubting myself, blah, blah, blah. You just take the step and it does part. Breathing is where I'm really big on. If I could give you guys just some practicals, Nika, for your people. Yes, yeah. So writers, when you're like, I don't want to do it, you're kind of having that war or you're doubting or whatever it is. You're going to stand up. And, or if you're seated in a chair and you're going to shake for one minute, just shake, just shake. I know this is really weird, but just shake, put on some music, put on some fun, like whatever, and just, oh, just shake, shake, shake. Cause you are in your limbic brain. But when you do the limbic, when we just kind of shake and get out the limbic break kind of quiets down some, and then just take a few minutes to breathe in and out. You'll move up into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest, your tendon befriend part of you, where the Holy Spirit goes, we got this. It's okay. I mean, why else do we see kids throw tantrums? Oh, they're actually very limbic. They're just emotional. Oh. And then once they've settled down, there's this breathing that they'll do if they're crying. It's the, that's actually that two breaths in, one breath out is actually a regulating modulating part of our body and brain to just come back to peace. Wow. I encourage anyone to just put some worship music on and do that. And you'll break through like, okay, I'm just doing this. I'm doing this, putting my foot in the water. Mm. Isn't it? That's the hard part. Nika It's like, I can't do this for anyone else, right? You can't write the book for anyone else, but wouldn't you, if you could, you probably would. Like if yeah. I could take care of Nika's body for Nika, I would do it. I'm, okay. I've got that for you, but I can't. So it's just right. one of those. How do you do it? I, I say you always start with acknowledging your fears, acknowledging them, tend to tend to it for a second and then step into whatever you got to do to shake off, mm. engage with your limbic self, engage with your emotional brain, engage with your fears a bit, and then move into this peace. Be still in Jesus name write the book. I love it. Oh, thank you for practical tips. Uh, the, the writing life can be very sedentary. Very much so. Yeah. Very so, much. I heard this, uh, Rita Springer, who's a worship uh -huh. artist, you know, yeah. oh man. Okay. Rita Springer sits at a piano all day. Very similar to sitting at a keyboard. If you look at it, we're making music with notes. We're making music with our little keyboard here. They're making music with their big keyboard. But I had heard her say recently after years and years of sitting at her piano, she's actually feeling the body pain now, like her neck, her shoulders, it's hurting for her. It's harder for her to sit and write and music at her piano than it once was. And so she's like, I need to start taking care of my body. I need to, you know, just wow. there's some tending to it that uh, she's just realizing I got to do it if I'm going to continue to be here and make the music. 
Mm, that is so good. Well, tell us about this new book that is coming out. This new book is right now I'm in formal edits with Tyndale. Uh, Tyndale has been so good to me, been a home for me for my first book and now this book. And we I don't have a title that I can say, but I can tell you what it's about. It will be about helping us to metabolize our pain, to process our pain, uh, taking what's hurt us and giving purpose to it and moving it out into um, a, a destiny for your life. And it's, it's a practical book. So really kind of talking about this brain, it's a brain body book. We're going to talk neuroscience. We're going to talk about, I really, what I wanted to do was, you know, I, I, my first book came out and I heard people often say, um, this is a great book. Yeah. The Christians need to read this book. People need to know that their body is the temple and, you know, we can't have this obesity and all these things. And I, yeah, I agree with that. But I thought, you know, people know their body's a temple. If you're a Christian, you kind of know it and you feel that pressure and wait, like, why do I know the things that I want to do and not do them? Like Paul says in Romans seven. And so I really wanted to write this book out of compassion and empathy for people who have walked through painful life events. And I don't think there's anyone in the Christian faith who hasn't walked through something painful to come to Jesus. Jesus even says to the Pharisees, I didn't come for the sick or I didn't come for the well or no one who needs a doctor. I came for the sick, the people that when he's eating with the sinners and the prostitutes, he's like, I'm for you. And I know the story you've walked through and the fragmentation that happens, why it's hard for you to love me, why he knows our story and there's empathy and there's compassion. And so I wrote a book that's going to help people just kind of drop the pin on where they are, their survival tendencies, and then moving through stages of, okay, let's, let's just get honest about how we live and survive. And then what we can do to move into a thriving life of using that pain as the fuel to transform into new creations. Cause pain is uh, or, which is an energy form. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed or transmitted, changed into something else, or passed on to someone else. That's the the truth of energy. It's Newton's third or Newton's first law. Energy cannot be destroyed or created. So this pain we receive does something to us, and that's why people either obsess with their body or neglect their body, especially if it's been a sin or a pain against their body, like sexual violations, um, molestations, and, and there's more of that happening. I know we don't talk about it in the church, but there's a lot of people with the rise of pornography and promiscuity. There's a lot of that happening now, and we don't know what to do about it because it's our body and shame comes with it. So this book is about helping people come back to themselves, but not in a, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a body therapist. I'm a movement therapist. So people have to actually not just read the book, but do the book. So there's right. activities and things they need to do along the way to move from uh, stagnant living, uh, just surviving to transforming it. So when can we hope for, do you have a general date? Oh my gosh. Well, they keep pushing back because of the big C according to Tind what Tyndale's telling me that the um, paper supply has been affected by COVID. So they're having a hard time getting the amount of books published that they had hoped for and that they had slated. So I've been pushed back, but it should be in 2023, somewhere between early spring to summer release. 
We'll see. Oh, so exciting. I That's can- because of you, Nika. Nika, it was you kicked, you prodded me along and you helped me. You, and I'm going to shout this out. Nika was the one uh, who came to me and said, Elisa, I think these need to be small little chapters because whoever reads this book probably isn't going to have like really want to sit down into a big heady chapter, like make them bite size, make them tiny. And that was the smartest thing. Cause you made me think of my mom and my mom, literally I'm writing this book for my mom. Cause this is when I sit down, when I don't want to write, I think of my mom. Okay. What did, what do I wish I w- she would have known? And that gets me writing again, but you're right. She could have never have sat and read a long chapter, but a bite size, something for her to take in and apply. She could have done it. So you were a big, big part of this book. Oh, thank you. What a privilege. I cannot wait to, to read it because, oh, so, oh, so many people need it. Yeah, and, we do. And just to hear you say the pain doesn't go anywhere. People think nope. time heals all wounds. And yeah. it's like, no, no. I've, I've seen time pass for a lot of people who are wounded, including myself. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> doesn't it just gets deeper? It just kind of buries down, and we think it's gone away, but it's just it's stored up. Our bodies are storage bins for safety or pain. Like we just we want to feel safe, and so we shove things down to not feel that pain. Mm-hmm. So I encourage everyone to follow Elisa Keaton or and. Revelation Wellness on social media. So you can see when she announces this book. Yes. She can't say the name yet. We can yes. wait in the anticipation. Yes. Um, but tell us what you have coming up in May that I'm very excited about. I am so excited, Nika. Finally, after, t- oh my God, I think it's going on three years. We are getting back together. We are having our first in-person retreat come away, do something different and get back in community with one another to seek the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, seek first the kingdom. And then all these other things will be given to us. So it is a mind body, a whole person retreat for someone who loves God or is interested in knowing more about the love of God. And a lot of these tools, a lot of these things that are in the book and in the wellness revelation are going to happen at this retreat and you are coming. Yes. Oh, I cannot wait. I I just want um, people to know that what, what went on in me internally when you um, extended an invitation for me to come, um, my first thought is I can't, Mm -hmm. and I want people to know. And I even said, I don't know. I know. And I want people to know just examine when you quickly say, I can't come on. That's right. Just and sometimes it's true. It's not a good time for you to do something, right. you know, whatever, but just examine, yeah. just stop. And I thought to myself, that's funny how quickly I said, Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I can't. She's <laughs> like, let me look at everything that God is aligning in my life right now. And several, I had somebody come up to me recently and say, I'm praying for a new level of healing for you. I just feel like I want to pray for a new level of healing. Yeah. Another person come up and said, Has, have you ever um, uh, just allowed the Lord to do something different with your body? And I'm like starting to align all these messages with this opportunity to come to impact yeah. and be yes. in an in-person retreat where I focus on my health and wellness yeah. and on my yeah. body. That's yeah. not thing for me to do. Yeah. And I was like, but it's all aligning that that God is trying to open my mind to something new. 
Yes. And, and Nika, and I extended that invitation to Nika because truly there, this, we've set up this retreat for every body who's breathing and can sit upright in a chair or stand. We will have chair modifications from the stage for everyone. So for those that can stand and need to take a seat, there are no spectators in the Christian sport. There are no spectators. Everyone's on the field and we're all, we're going to set it up so that everyone has a place. And what I love about revelation wellness is that I, it is my vision and desire that what we offer to the world is fitness. What they see kind of makes them scratch their head and go, well, that's weird. I would say, yes, it is. Look how diverse it is. Look at, we are redefining what fitness means. Fitness is about ability, not vanity. And if they are sitting and upright and they can think, feel, and choose in line with the kingdom, uh, then they're doing it right. And the workouts are really just about that. They're, they're just the movement parts. I don't even call them workouts, movement, a lot of movement in time to engage and a lot of time to be still. We'll do breath work, meditation, biblical, uh, Bible study, small grouping. Hey, best part. You don't have to cook a meal for five days. I mean, and healthy, good food for you. It's just, it's a little bit, it's a little slice of heaven because the, the frequency of heaven is joy. As CS Lewis says, or the serious business of heaven is joy. And this campus really gets filled with it because we're just people showing up completely, giving him our whole self not don't even plan to pack makeup, bring all the yoga pants. It's very comfortable. There's no fancy anything. We just want you to come simply as you can manage and get in community with everyone and give God all of who we are. Um, and I've, we've witnessed, we do witness healings. I went, we have seen people come in with pain, come in with joints that hurt broken things and walk out completely refreshed, renewed, but it's a, it's a whole body thing that happens at our retreats. So you're coming and I hope anyone who's listening will come. Yeah. I want to encourage anyone who's listening. If you sense that kind of alignment where God has been maybe whispering in your spirit about Mm -hmm. this, or you've, you've just sensed it in your Bible reading anything. If somebody has come up and mentioned to you, if you just had an interest in health and read, yeah. And restoration. Yeah. If you just yeah. sense a weight and a heaviness on yeah. your heart yeah. because of the last two years. I yeah. mean, if you're just like, I haven't even gotten out and celebrated with other, yes, been with other people. Yes. If you're looking for that freedom, will you just please don't listen to the, I can't just That's right. the way that God is saying you can take a step, go to revelation wellness and mm-hmm. information about impact is right there, right there. Uh, go to revelationwellness.org. Uh, it should be on the homepage. If not, then look under events and it'll pop up right away. And yeah, we have signups go through April 15th. So there's still some time. And then that gives you time to, you know, get your plane ticket. If you need to get over here to Arizona, we have a bus that will meet you at the airport. We'll, from the moment your foot hits the ground in Phoenix, Arizona at the airport, uh, we got you covered. We're going to take care of you. I'm telling you, you will leave changed. If you come wanting for change, wanting from healing. And I just think the gospel is a message of health. Can I get an amen? The gospel is about a message of health, health of soul, health of mind, health of body, health, well-being. Um, That's what we're going to do. We're going to do the whole thing. I can't wait. It's going to be a party. So yes, Yes, it is the Lord that you are 
getting people together again and letting them yes. just be with him out in the outdoors and in beauty and with yes. each other. Yes. So let me pr- pray over you right now it. and just speak life. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Elisa Keaton. What a majestic daughter you have created in her. I am blessed. I am so blessed by her and by her joy. She exhibits joy in everything she does. And I, I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that you give her more. I pray that you give her more ways to serve, that you increase the number of ears that hear her message. I pray that you give her more divine insight and more heavenly wisdom. I pray that the thoughts that she thinks will surprise even her Yeah, as you make connections that she had never seen before. Your wisdom about our bodies is infinite. Yeah. I pray that you keep giving it to Elisa yeah. that she can create clear and easy yeah. ways for people to yeah. reconnect yeah. heart, soul, mind, yeah. strength, and spirit. Yeah. Lord, I pray a blessing over the work of her hands that all she does prospers. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, how Elisa Keaton will always be precious to me. I've told you before that God let me know years ago that My divine assignment was to be a writer and to call out writers. Those were my two tasks. Well, at the time, I didn't know the first thing about how to call out writers. So in those early days, if God just showed me someone to encourage, I'd walk over and say, hey, have you ever thought about writing a book? I'd love to pray for you and kind of speak life about your writing career. Sometimes I would email someone and write, have courage. I'm calling out the writer in you. The Lord is going to help you get that book out of your heart and into your reader's hands. That's all I knew to do. So that's what I did for years. Then in February of 2020, a few months after that writing conference where we met one another, Elisa messaged me on social media and she asked if I would coach her as she started her second book. A book coach? I never even heard of such a thing. I didn't even message her back for a while because I was so unsure of myself. I didn't know if I could help. But we did get started, and after a couple of sessions, I knew that coaching Christian writers is what I was born to do. I told Elisa at that time that I had an idea to create a digital course and maybe a coaching group for new Christian writers. And she told me, go for it. So I did. And the Keep Writing course was born. The women who heard about it were so hungry for help that they just started pouring in the doors. So I will be forever grateful that Elisa sent me that little Instagram DM asking me for help. I'm now living in the full expression, as far as I know, of what God was saying to me years ago when he told me that I would both be a writer and call out writers. He has given me the territory where I first set my foot. But in 2014, when I heard him say it, I had no idea where to start. I didn't focus on what I didn't know. I just started. 
I could never have understood the future where I would be creating a digital course, where I would be teaching life coaching principles and coaching women from week to week. None of that was part of my thoughts at the time. I just knew, hey, if God said to take a step, I'm going to take the one I know how to take. Those early attempts to call out writers were absolutely vital to my development. Every tap on the shoulder, every prayer, every prophetic word, every email made a kingdom impact. And your first steps to follow him will too. You don't have to see the final result. You just need to put your foot down so that he can give you the territory underneath it. Okay, pay attention. The price of the Keep Writing course is going up on May 1st. Listen, God is using Christian books to advance the kingdom and transform people around the world in Jesus' name. If you don't know how to write your book, then just put yourself under the mentoring of someone who does. I will pray for you and guide you with spirit-led wisdom. Join the Keep Writing course. It's my all-in-one experience that I've created to take you from page one to page done. Inside, I walk you through five clear stages, pre-writing, writing, revising, publishing, and earning. You'll have everything you need to become a published Christian author, making extra income for your family. This April is your last chance to get in the doors at the current price. May 1st will come around sooner than you think. So take this opportunity to get started with me right now. Go to nikamables.com forward slash courses and get started right away.